Psalms 98, verses 1 through 3. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation. His righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Again, it's a pleasure and a blessing to be with you. Good to stand before you and to encourage you and to be encouraged by all the members here. It's such a wonderful blessing to share this fellowship together as we express our common beliefs, our common faith, our common hopes, our common love and encourage one another in this life. It's unpredictable, and yet I firmly believe in the providential working of God. And if you don't have that belief, that sense in your life, as you long to follow God's will, your life is going to be rather feel fearful, uneasy. It's, you're going to be questioning what's happening. But if you have that firm belief that as you read the scriptures, you look at the lives of the people presented there, whether it's implicit or explicit, God is working. And I believe that firmly in my life, in my family's life, in the lives of others. And so we have a wonderful God that we can call on and we can praise him in song, in our worship, and in our lives. As we look at the scriptures, sing to the Lord a new song. And it's there clearly for us. We're told to do that. It's mentioned in the Old Testament and it's mentioned in the New as we have just read. It's Psalm 98 verse 1. Oh sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things. And then in Psalm 149 beginning praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the godly ones. Isaiah picks up the theme in chapter 42 at verse 10. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise from the end of the earth. It seems like we've gone from the individual to the congregation and now the whole world is involved in this. And then we look at the end of the New Testament Revelation 5 at 9, <clears throat> and they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and 
purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So according to the scriptures, there's value, there's importance to singing a new song. Well, we'll take a little time just to explore what, what does that mean? What does that involve? What could it? Well, there's the fact of just singing a new setting of words and music. And the fact is that all songs, all music at one time was new. The psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that Paul talks about that the New Testament was singing at the time he wrote that, probably a category of lyrics, not of music. That was all new at one time to somebody. It was new in the New Testament at one time. And so every hymn and psalm and spiritual song you once knew, I once knew, was new to us. They all have to be learned. And from the beginning of the church then, new converts have been introduced to new songs and the experience of congregational singing. <clears throat> Maybe that wasn't part of your background. You may have come into the Lord's body without that experience. And it was due to you, this congregational singing. Uh, uh, my voice has got to be heard by somebody else? That's a challenge. In our culture, people don't want their singing voice to be heard. But we're encouraged to sing a new song to the Lord, even in the congregation. And so believers of all ages have sought to express their faith in new ways. And new songs are being written and made available in great numbers today. Electronic hymnals have made the incorporation of new songs into our worship uh, almost limitless. And you learned a new song so we could use it this morning. It was available, I sent it, you had it, you practiced it, then we used it. And so learning new songs requires more effort and attention, some more than others. And so at first we tend to focus on the notes and the words more than a song that we would already know. And then the music at first takes priority, doesn't it? But once we feel comfortable with the music, we can begin to appreciate the words and the expression of them. But it's nothing new. Think of those back in New Testament times. They had to learn the tune, the rhythm, and the words, and the melody together, however they sang it. And so now we have more ways to express our faith than we did before. So new songs enhance our song worship when they're properly prepared. But singing a new song that's new in words and music to us is not the only way that we can sing a new song. Think about singing a new message. In Revelation 5 at 9, 
The new song is in regard to the finished work of God in Christ. For you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. See, new attention now is given to the Lamb of God who is worthy of praise for what he's done and he's accomplished on our behalf. And it's interesting that angelic beings find that incredibly fascinating. They find that incredible. How much more should it be to us? The angelic hosts are just, they're marveling at the fact that Jesus did this. It's incredible to them. It should be to us. In Christ, we have a new message to proclaim in song. If you don't mind, we're going to repeat what was we've just sung. But now think of it in the context that we've just described. Singing a new message of salvation. Angels are singing redemption sweet song, wonderful theme, glorious theme. Shout the glad message and join in the throng, singing redemption song. Joy beyond measure awaits us up there. Wonderful theme, glorious theme. Soon we shall join with the angels up there, singing redemption song. Sing the sweet story, redemption sweet song. converts in the New Testament, both Jew and Gentile, saying a new message regarding their Lord. 1 Timothy 3.16. By common confession, Paul says, common, well known, commonly understood, a common confession something that the, was made. Great is the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations,
believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Let's look at another one, 2 Timothy 2.11. It is a trustworthy statement. A statement. It was known to be trustworthy. It seems that Christians that he wrote to, or Timothy, knew this statement. It is a trustworthy statement. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. <clears throat> One more example. Ephesians 5.14. For this reason it says. Ah, another quote. A quote that was known. Awake, sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. All these appear to be quotes from hymns sung by first century Christians. We also sing a new song to the Lord as we learn of his salvation and will for us. Let us sing. I will sing the wondrous story. <coughs> Don't be I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. How he left his home in glory for the cross of Calvary. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. Another way we can sing a new song to the Lord is with a new perspective. The experiences of life change us. They change our outlook and they bring new meaning to things that were once just common to us, especially songs. Note Psalm 40 beginning at verse 1. Again, this is from the inspired hymnal of God and see what happened here in the life of this saint. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Someone's in distress. A circumstance of life has caused him to cry out to the Lord. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock 
making my footsteps firm. What was the result of that crisis? What was the result of that negative experience? He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. Life's challenges strengthen our faith if we trust in God and believe he's working. And so we can sing a new song of deliverance that we had never sung before. Those tragic events in life give us a new voice. You can sing something that you've never sung before. And you can relate to others in ways you never could before. What a wonderful blessing. Our own experiences of God's mercy can lead others to rejoice in him. Blessings and trials bring to life what was once unmoving to us. A song that was sung some event, an occasion, a funeral, a singing, a Bible class. They become etched in our memory. And as our children grow and begin to share in song worship with us, songs become more precious. As I encouraged you before, parents, sing with your children. I don't care how old they are. A few months, a few years, sing with your children. What a legacy you leave with them. Precious songs that they can have in their souls, that they will remember. It's one thing that's so wonderful as your children grow and they become mature and you have that common bond with them. As we grow older in our Lord, songs and singing take on a new perspective and they become a source of comfort and assurance to us, as this song, I think, describes. Yeah. 
Why should we learn and sing new songs? We have new ways to express our faith. Thoughtful exposure to new songs with appropriate training will build a congregation's capacity for praise. As long as there has been song worship, believers have sought new ways of expressing their faith in songs. And new songs tend to focus our attention and energy and bring a fresh expression to timeless truths. I don't think new songs should replace old ones, but add value to them as they are included together in song worship. Some songs of old are probably best, best left, maybe unsung, but we should cherish them and learn to love them and use them. The concept of something new is meaningful to us, as Brother John Kilgore used this application. We do not usually give something old to someone special as a gift, do we? New greeting cards are continually given even though they say basically the same thing. Happy birthday, thank you. Happy anniversary. Singing new meaningful songs gives the sense that we are not worshiping out of habit, but truly offering a new song to the Lord. Even though we may be expressing the same thoughts, offering them in a new setting which requires work and effort to learn, makes the singing of it a special gift. Well, there's also the concept of singing in spirit and in truth, which makes a new song to the Lord. When we sing in spirit and truth, we are truly singing a fresh, new song to the Lord. Hebrews 13 at 15, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. What is a sacrifice? According to the Bible, it's the best, the first, the most spiritual we have to offer. In our worship, we come to offer our thoughtful best. Psalm 145, at verse 1. I will extol you, my God, O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. You see, every day brings a new opportunity to find ways to praise God and thank Him.
Psalm 40, at verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. This new song that comes from our heart, in spirit and in truth, is a gift from God. And it's so that we and others will worship God in spirit and in truth. Psalm 118 at 14. You can find this in Isaiah 12 at verse 2 as well. The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. Now we move to the point of who the song really is. What is this new song that we sing? The Lord is my strength and song. He's the subject of that new song. He is our very own song. The rhythm of our heartbeat, if you will. The tune that's in our mind that we can't get out of our head. He's our heavenly anthem. He's the life force behind our existence. He's our reason for life. A gift. He put a new song in my mouth. He took my burdens all away up to a brighter A wonderful song, a wonderful song I now can sing. In my heart joy bells ring. He gave me a song, a wonderful song. He gave me a song to sing about. He Praise his name, he is my king. A wonderful song he is to me. I am reading no more to die, never to say goodbye. He gave me a song, a wonderful song. And some of these days in that fair land, sing with a chorus grand. He gave me a song, a wonderful song. He gave me a song to sing about. He lifted me from sin and doubt. Oh, praise his name.
The question is now, in conclusion, what is the song of your heart? Is the Lord your salvation? If you are truly a Christian, you have something to sing about. We just don't come in here and do this because it's the nice thing to do. And not only just because it's the right thing to do, because we mean it. And you might be thinking, well, I really can't sing that. I don't feel like singing that. I, my life's not really going very well. We sing a better religion than we live. And if we all went by our feelings, we might not even show up, much less not feel like singing. But we sing it because we need to. We need to encourage one another. We need to encourage ourselves. We need it. That's the way God designed it. And of all the people of the world, we're the only ones that really have anything to rejoice about. Because we sing about what we believe, our hopes, the reality of spiritual things. We're not just going through the motion. We're just not doing a tradition. A tradition of men. No, we sing about real people, real events, real things, real places, real hope. Based on real evidence. Some of you may be challenged right now in your life. You may believe there is a God. It's, it's obvious to you, but really, is this Bible really something I can trust in? I can believe in? Let me encourage you. Others have had the same question. And they've gone through that. They've gone through doubt. But it's interesting to note, if you read the verse in Matthew 28, before 18, if you read 17, here Jesus is ready to leave. He's going to give them the great commission, and he's assembled his apostles. They've been with him, seen him 40 days after his resurrection. Some of them still doubt it. You're not alone. Doubt can drive you on to find the answers you need. Find out, seek for yourself. But the world, on the other hand, has only one song to sing. It's a quote from the Old Testament. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. That's it. You're going to die? Get all of life all you can because that's all there is. If you can get it. Author Randy Alcorn writes this according to the secular view of things. If you follow what the world thinks now, 
this is what you get. You are the blind and arbitrary product of time, chance, and natural forces. You are a mere grab bag of atomic particles, a conglomeration of genetic substance. You exist on a tiny planet in a minute solar system in an empty corner of a meaningless universe. You are a purely biological entity, different only in degree, but not in kind from a microbe, a virus, or amoeba. You have no essence beyond your body, and at death you will cease to exist entirely. In short, you came from nothing and are going nowhere. That's the reality of life without God. No hope. Just fear of the unknown and what's ahead as you might be wrong. There's nothing to cheer about. Most of humanity has rejected the truth about God and has sought to worship that which should lead us to him. As Paul describes in Romans 1.25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Again, the only song you can sing is let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. By contrast, the biblical view of life maintains this. You are the special creation of a good and all-powerful God. You are created in his image with capacities to think, feel, and worship that set you above all other life forms. You differ from the animals, not simply in degree, but in kind. Not only is your kind unique, but you are unique among your kind. Your creator loves you so much and so intensely desires your companionship and affection that he has a perfect plan for your life. In addition, God gave the life of his only son that you might spend eternity with him. If you are willing to believe and act on that faith, you can become a child of God. As in the words of Isaac Watts, let those refuse to sing who never knew our God, but children of the heavenly king may speak their joys abroad. Can you sing a song of redemption? Even when life goes wrong, can you say with the psalmist, By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Is God's song with you when you put your head on that pillow tonight? It can be if you're one of his children. 
You know, we sing the song, when all of God's singers get home, how the ransom will raise happy songs in his praise. When all of God's singers get home. The children of God are singers. They're singers, his singers. Question is, are you one of them? Are you one of the ransomed? We're going to sing this song as a song of encouragement. Can you sing it with full confidence? Do you need to make your life right with God? Do you have the Lord as your life song? Are you missing out on the joy that brings a song to your life? Have you heard the gospel call of believing, obeying, repenting, and being baptized for the forgiveness of your sins? you would receive the gift of salvation that the Holy Spirit has promised us. We invite you to come now and let your needs to be, be known. If you need prayers, we encourage you to do that. Let's encourage one another as we sing and stand now when all of God's singers get home.